Welcome to the Encouragement Cafe with Luann and friends, where the conversation is always hot and fresh. Comfort food for your soul is always on the menu, and friends are close enough to hug. Pull up a chair. We've been waiting just for you. Welcome to Encouragement Cafe. I'm Luann Prater. I'm Rachel Olson. And we are sitting around the cafe table just talking about what great pastors we've had in our lives. Rachel, I have been going to the same church now for 20 years, and I love my pastors. And I don't know about you, but we have a variety of pastors, not just one. And when I grew up, there was just one pastor. And now it takes an army to to make sure that everybody is, it, the needs are being met within the church. So I want to bring that up because... October is Pastor Appreciation Month. It is. And um, yeah, especially the first week in October, there's a a certain day um, dedicated to Pastor Appreciation. But yeah, actually the whole month is dedicated to Pastor Appreciation and probably the whole year should be dedicated to Pastor (laughs) Appreciation. Um, I'm sure there's a bunch of pastor's wives out there saying, yes, amen, preach it. (laughs) Absolutely. You know, I think so many times in our effort to do the right thing, we may kind of come up with something that we think would be a good gift for pastors. So I want to just kind of go there first as we talk about pastors, because I know we have teachers and you and your husband are both teachers, but one of our kids is a teacher in grade school. Another one is a teacher in high school. And I cannot tell you how many mugs they get every year. Best teacher in the world. And they say, you know, as much as we love the kids and we appreciate the thought, how many mugs can we possibly have room for in our cabinet? So I kind of feel like the pastors probably feel the same way. Well, my mother-in-law was a teacher's aide um, in elementary for many, many years. And there was a certain large cabinet in her laundry room that if you open it up, it is filled with a zillion different teacher, you're the best, apple for the teacher mugs and uh, a few other things. So yes, it's like her collection of all the things she'd been given over the years that she couldn't really use, especially not by the time she was getting the eighth one of these. Um, <laughs> but you don't ever want to be rude, right? And say, please don't, you know, get me what you're so excited to give me, particularly with young kids. Now, my my teachers, when I was young, they were in luck because my parents owned Hallmark stores and my mom would give the best gifts, um, never the mugs, you know, so they would get these um, antique brass bells they could ring when it was time to, you know, get the kids' attention. They got some cool stuff, but the pastor I imagine is probably a little bit like Father's Day (laughs) you know I think fathers get ties and mugs best father ever and a new tie every Father's Day because you don't know what to get him right it might be kind of the same thing you don't know what to get your pastor even you want to show your appreciation but how what do you get him I kind of did a little um non um you know I did my own little survey so it's not like a uh, scientific survey or anything, but I just did my own survey of pastors and said, okay, guys, you can be honest with me. 
tell me some gifts you absolutely do not want this year. Because, you know, if you're going to spend the money and you're going to spend the time and the energy to get your pastor something, don't you want them to appreciate it and go, oh, that's so great. So they were a little funny about even telling me these things, but I'm going to share a few of them with you because I want you to know, you know, one of the reasons we sit around this cafe table is because, you know, we talk about topics that maybe are on your mind and maybe we can help one another. So this is an area that may seem kind of silly, but here's a few things the pastor said, please please don't get me another set of praying hands. (laughs) He says, he said, you know, I get it. And, but of course I'm praying. And I know that that means you're praying for me, but I don't need another one. And he has a complete cupboard full of praying hand figurines. And after a point, you know, how do you, how do you say no to someone on that? Because then it looks like you just don't appreciate their gift. But that's a little tidbit from the pastor. Please, please don't get them another set of praying hands. That just makes me giggle to the <laughs> idea that he's got, you know, 16 sets of praying hands somewhere in his office. <laughs> and he's like, do they think they need to remind me to pray? Because if your past He's praying out of desperation, right? <laughs> If your pastor isn't praying, you probably need to get a different pastor. You know, so he's like, what? I don't, I mean, I appreciate the thought. But another thing they said they don't need is a leadership book that you want to make sure he reads. Oh, that's kind of the underhanded gift, right? Rachel, I don't know about you, but my husband was in retail management for 30 years. Then he was in banking for 13. He had to wear a tie every day. And he was very picky about the kind of ties that he wanted. So I never even bought him a tie because I knew I might not get it right. He had in his mind what he wanted and the kind and the color and the pattern and all of that. So I think a tie is very personal. And so then you buy a tie for the pastor and he doesn't wear it. Then do you take it personally? Well, and also each morning in his closet, he sees that tie. He doesn't want to wear it, but he's also now racked with guilt because he's worried that you're going to be offended or that you're waiting for it. So you're both <laughs> now feeling feeling upset about this gift. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Okay, so here's another one. Now, this one may surprise you, but this is a gift that a lot of pastors say, no, I really don't need another Bible. I don't know about you, Rachel, but I have dozens of Bibles because I'm a Bible fanatic. I, if I see, like I bought one that was on archaeology, and so it was all about all the archaeological digs and how they're digging up all the proof from the ancient years of how the Bible has actually come 
making people believe because of the things they're finding. So I wanted that Bible. And then I bought one that was on patriotism. So I am forever buying my own Bible that trips my trigger. And I know that uh, pastors do the same thing. And as a matter of fact, a lot of them have their Bibles online now. Yes, I too own a ton of different types of Bibles, different translations, different types of study Bibles. um, And Yes, and these days, it's so much easier to access it online, on your phone, search right for the verse. Um, But anybody who preaches the Word of God for a living, and, you know, Lou, you and I know that because we've done so much speaking in churches across the country— you you know you you have all of that because that's you know that's your job and there's um, software programs the pastor probably has at least one software program that has so much information he couldn't even possibly learn it all in 50 years of preaching um, so yeah I see why they would say I don't I don't need another Bible I probably already have that one or I have access to more than I can even <laughs> I can't even in my own home I can't keep up with all of my Bible I had the rainbow study Bible and the spiritual formation study Bible and the quest study Bible and the you know there's so many of them I don't even know where they all are in my house right now they're all over the place I know and I'm forever giving some away so and you you and I were both part of uh, a Bible uh, several years ago when we were with Proverbs 31 we did you and I were participants in writing devotions for that Bible so I understand you know, you think that a Bible is the greatest thing, and it is, but it's also a very personal thing that if they want a certain kind of Bible, like I remember asking for a Hebrew study Bible, and my mother-in-law tried to get me what she thought I wanted, but it really wasn't, and so I just, you know, I said thank you, and it, and I use it, but the one that I wanted was so much easier for me to wrap my brain around and understand. So there you go. If you're getting a gift for your pastor during Pastor Appreciation Month, they really don't need another Bible. I'll say, here's the last thing that they don't need, and then we'll kind of go into some things that maybe we can do. All right. They don't need a pair of tickets to a game that you don't want to go to. (laughs) <laughs> Interesting. Now, I do. I, I One of my pastors I know once got tickets to a Duke game, a Duke basketball game, and he was over the moon about that. So it might depend on what the game is, but I get what you're saying. It might not be their sport. Or it's just a, well, what what they call in, in the language of sports, I guess, uh, is scrub tickets. It's like, you know, it's the game where... Nobody is playing nobody minus three, and uh, they just know there's going to be nobody in the stands, but they won a couple of free tickets at work, so they're going to give them to their pastor because they don't want to go to it. So it's kind of like, it's like the white elephant gift you give someone. You re-gift it to someone. So they're just saying, you know, unless it's something that you really would like for yourself, we're probably not going to like it either. And so 
these pastors were just honest with me because they knew I would not rat them out and tell them, you know, tell anybody who actually said this. But, you know, these are things that they they wish they could tell you. So here we are, Rachel and Luann, telling you some things that the pastors don't want. Rachel, I had several uncles that were pastors. I have a son-in-law that's a pastor. I have friends and cousins that are pastors. And they never get to spend enough quality time with their wife and families. And so they said, the best thing you can probably get is maybe a nice gift certificate to take my wife out, maybe even my whole family out, something where I can just enjoy time with my family and I don't have to share them or myself with anybody else. Well, that's really a gift to to the whole family or a gift to the marriage as well as to the pastor. So I love that idea, I, I, like a restaurant um, gift certificate or perhaps maybe a movie theater um, tickets so they could take the family to see the you know next Pixar film or whatever. Right. I mean, a gift card is something that they get to choose. You know, they get to choose if they're going to go to um, the restaurant or maybe it's a gift card, right, to the movies or a sporting event. Maybe it's a gift card to buy the book that they've had on their mind. Like, you know, it's hard to describe to people and a gift card is just something that maybe they could put several gift cards together and get like a whole library of something that they would love to have. So anytime we're giving something to a pastor, if we always put an encouraging note in there, because I'm here to tell you, they hear the negative every single week. Somebody is going to pick apart something that they say or do and they are human and they need to hear something encouraging so i'm gonna just ask everyone that's listening everyone can write a note everyone can say something positive and sweet and uplifting to their pastor you know the the pastor's role is to to teach and to build up um, the body of Christ, but you know, we are a, a body, and that means we're interconnected. And so, it's also um, our role to to build him up and to encourage him. You know, First Thessalonians five eleven. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up. That's what that note does. And you know, honestly, long after the the gift card has been spent or the praying hands are added to the cupboard with the collection, (laughs) that note is probably going to be something they most definitely save and cherish and look back over at times. That's a gift that keeps on giving. Um, I, you know, I have a pastor who very early in our time at the church, um, Rick and I went forward at the end of the service and Rick said something complimentary and encouraging to the pastor. Well, 12 years later, the pastor could quote back to us what Rick said that day because he it so made his day and it was so what encouraging and what he needed to hear at the time. So those words of encouragement probably really, truly are the best gift. You know, our, our pastors should be appreciated year round, not just in this month, but it's kind of like 
your birthday or your anniversary, it's a time for us to go, oh yeah, I haven't done that for a while. I need to get on board and let them know how appreciated they are, at least from me and my family. So one of the things too, Rachel, is that all of us can pray for them. And I, I think that if we're honest, we don't think about that every day. And they're maybe not on our list to pray for. Would you agree? Uh, yes, although honestly, that's hard for me to answer. I had I spent so many years working um, with the past, my husband and I both, with the pastor of, of my church. Every week we helped him with sermon prep um, and just was a sounding board and an additional, you know, um, minds added to the meld and, and, you know, some additional research and stuff. So I'm very aware of what it takes to produce new messages every single week while also managing the other aspects of the church. I'm very aware that the human nature, you know, of the pastor is there and not everybody sees that when they just watch him on the, on the stage or at the podium on Sunday. And I'm very aware of the added pressure they feel at times like Easter and Christmas. Um, People will come to them and say things, you know, well-meaning, but they'll say things like, "Uh, I'm bringing my cousin Ted, you know, to to service next week. He promised me he would come at Christmas. He's he's not walking with the Lord. I hope you bring a good message, you know, and that just is like, oh, (laughs) So I'm aware of all those things, you know, behind the scenes. While I'm not a pastor myself, I've seen a lot of that firsthand for a long time. And I do pray, um, you know, regularly for my pastors and extra at times of the year that I know, you know, are like that. And, you know, definitely they need prayer. And and not just at the Super Bowl moments of, of Christmas or Easter, but throughout the year. They get tired, too. You know, they get weary and they have lots going on in their lives just like we do. When we walk out of church and we say, wow, I I didn't get anything from that message today, or did you think he was a little off? Or, um, boy, I, I wish he would have made a point that I could have gotten. Those comments do nothing, uh, to build up. And what I always say to people when they say those kinds of things is, then maybe that sermon wasn't for you. God had a lot of people in that audience today, and maybe that sermon was exactly what that person needed. So it's not all about us, and we need to go into service with a heart of worship. And when we're worshiping, God inhabits our worship, and and we come with an expectant heart, and we pray, and we get ready for that sermon, He, God is always going to give us something to grab onto. And so we cannot point the finger at our pastor always and say, he didn't do so great this week. No, a lot of it, I mean, it is a team effort, and we have to bring our A game in being prepared for that sermon. 
Well, I'll share along those lines. I will share a quote with you that's um, stuck with me. You know, it's kind of heavy and and stuck with me. It's by Gardner Spring. Uh, He says, and and this was a while ago, he said this, "Um, it is at a fearful expense that ministers are ever allowed to enter the pulpit without being preceded, accompanied, and followed by the earnest prayers of the church. He says, it is no marvel that the pulpit may be powerless and ministers so often disheartened when there are so few holding up their hands in prayers. Churches that cease to pray for ministers will have ministers that cease to be a blessing to the church. Wow. Those are powerful words. And we all get our toes stepped on when we hear that. But let me just say, you know, Jesus was the perfect example of what the teacher looks like. And that's what our preachers are. They are the teachers. And Jesus was called rabbi because he had had studied. And doesn't it say that he grew in grace and knowledge? They've studied and they've ask God for guidance for those sermons. And so our job is to follow their lead, to imitate their faith. I mean, there are a lot of times when we maybe are lacking in our faith, but if we see our pastor get up there faithfully every single week and deliver a message that he has studied for and he has poured his heart into. Just like when Jesus said, follow me, our teachers, our preachers are compelling us to follow Jesus and his example, to step up and say, I want to help make this church whole. So I'm going to do my part. I'm going to treat my pastor well. I am going to pray for him. I'm going to appreciate him. I'm going to send him encouraging notes. And I'm going to let him know you have our support financially, too. You know, Rachel, I think oftentimes the church tries to skimp by. And I know two of my uncles had to work a full-time job because the churches that they were um, serving did not pay them enough to live on. And so, you know, it's, it's okay to show your pastors how much you appreciate them, especially this month in October. And I think it's uh, important to, to note that sometimes a pastor might feel wrong about accepting a gift. He doesn't want to ever feel like he's in debt to anyone in the, in the, in the congregation. You know, he, he, wants to, he wants to be the servant. So you might be surprised. Your pastor might seem like he doesn't, you know, doesn't want any of that appreciation. He might even be very introverted and, and get very, you know, blushing when the, the praise comes his way. Um, but I think you can just frame that as, hey, October's Pastor Appreciation Month, and I want to do my part and let you know um, that the work that you do, it matters, and it, it is a blessing to me, and I'm praying for you. And let's just wrap this show up by praying for our pastors right now. Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you for showing us what it looks like to lead and to have leaders that we can look up to and respect. And 
And Lord, you uh, taught them and taught us how to be one and be united by lifting one another up in prayer. And so, Lord, we're holding up our pastors as Aaron held up Moses' arms. And Lord, we are just asking that you give them everything they need for the coming weeks, months, and years to keep going. Lord, I pray that you would just be all that they need every day and fill them to overflowing. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And may the God of hope give you the courage to encourage others, especially your pastor. We'll see you next week. Thanks for joining us today at Encouragement Cafe with Luann and friends, where women gather, friends laugh, and hearts mend. Let's continue our conversation. Hop online when you get a chance to sit down and breathe at encouragementcafe.com. Remember, this is God's ministry, so we ask for your prayers as we reach out to women in Jesus' name. We'll see you back here next week where we fill you up one cup at a time.